I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams Going boom, boom, boom to my own song Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse. This is a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that make us all feel encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate to get up in the morning or what maybe they wish they'd known a little bit earlier in their lives? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. There's a great big world that I want to see and a whole lot of things that I want to be. All I got to do is count one, two, three. To my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me. Today, I'm really excited. I have um, somebody on who uh, I know many of the listeners are familiar with, but I have Lindsay McCatherine, and I'm so excited to welcome you. I'm excited to be here. Um, I really like that you're um, trying to interview uh, women who do great things, and so I'm very flattered to, to be on the podcast. Well, I'm excited to learn more about you, and as we jump in... Lindsay, how would people describe you personally and professionally? Okay, <laughs> that's kind of funny. We've been having um, we've been having a conversation about that around the gym lately. And um, so, if if you know anything about my background, I was a teacher. I was a high school teacher, math teacher, for fourteen years, and then uh, for a year after that, I was a guidance counselor. And so, I definitely don't have a problem with being assertive and getting my point across and letting you know my expectations. So as a boss around here at 10th Planet Decatur, (laughs) sometimes um, the guys are like a little bit nervous to like tell me something or they'll go tell Brandon first and because he's the big like teddy bear and he's the hugger and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I just don't know about this guys. (laughs) and so um it's funny and um my son will describe me sometimes as he says that mom you're like when you get angry it's like a dragon circling a city and I'm like dang okay but I like it (laughs) I know I'd keep that that's a that's a superpower in and of itself so I'm definitely Um, I have my loving cutesy side you know with my kids and everything but I, I like to run a tight ship at the gym and that's just I'm kind of unapologetic about that yeah well so you left a career in education and Mm -hmm. and then guidance counseling what made you jump that ship well so in the beginning I, I started off in engineering I really just that's how my brain works the mathematical side just always made sense to me And I just really enjoyed, I just, I don't know, I just got some kind of like satisfaction out of working math problems. I just have that really analytical mind. And so I started going in that direction. And then I I really enjoyed, Brandon at the time was a youth minister. And so I really enjoyed 
spending time with teenagers and and um, kind of guiding them, influencing them, and and that kind of thing, being a mentor. And so I was like, all right, well, let's just kind of put those together and go into math education. And I did that for several years, and I was at the same school for 13 years, and I just gotten burned out and. Uh, I was teaching the same classes over and over again for 13 years, you know, and it was kind of like I was going into robot mode. I could teach the class and just be thinking about something else completely. And I was just like, mm, this is just not, it's just not for me anymore. And so once Brandon said, okay, the gym is doing well enough, you don't have to teach anymore. I was like, all right, can I like quit today? <laughs> <laughs> So, you said uh, it. <laughs> yeah, and, and education is just a very hard field. You know, you have 30 teenagers in your class, like switching every hour and just having to deal with so many personalities. And like here, people pay and want to be here. You know, it, yeah. in high school, they're like, you're trying to teach me math and I have to sit here for an hour. So, you know, you don't always get the best attitude and uh, responses from, from kids that are kind of trapped in your classroom. But here, you know, people are paying us for the information that we want to give them. And so it's, it's definitely more rewarding here yeah. than being in a classroom. Well, yeah. and yeah, did you do, but do you find a lot of those skills, the skill set that you developed in the classroom and just breaking something down and teaching um, translates to the mat? Oh, absolutely. Um, I taught a lot of low level math for several years. And so I kind of figured out, all right, well, what are these base like uh, foundational techniques that need to be laid before we start building? And just, I mean, part of my college degree is education classes too. So, you, I mean, they teach you how to teach. And so I don't, I don't teach a whole lot up here. I'm more like the administrative side, but like I was telling you before, you know, I know how to run a classroom. I've been in charge of, you know, 30 teenagers. So it's kind of like herding cats, but you know, around... <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm in charge of some adults, but, you know, the principles are still the same. And, you know, like I, like I said, I, you had to be assertive when you're standing in front of 30 teenagers or you're going to get demolished. Well, you know, same thing up here. The, the guys have a hierarchy and, you know, I just had to sit myself up in the in the throne in the, in the beginning and be like, all right, and hand out like some decrees and stuff. I may get that. <laughs> demolished That's, later on for making that reference um, I'm hearing this as a clip actually so, <laughs> yeah well but the, okay that's that's interesting because um there is a hierarchy there there is it, it, in jiu-jitsu there's belting um even though you're not wearing the belt people know who ranks what and you're among an elite small class I mean there are not a lot of women who are in the 10th planet system. I don't know if it's across the board, but no. I imagine it is Yeah, of being I'm black belts. The third in Alabama. And um, wow. I think we have, I, I, we have two more now that I know of. So I know we have at least five in Alabama now, um, but I was the fifth in the 10th planet system. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how, um, so you, some people may, have a little bit of issue with me saying that I was the fifth. I'm not, I don't, I don't know that I haven't heard this, but I'm ranked under Brandon and Brandon's ranked under Eddie. So I don't know. I mean, some people may 
have issue with me saying that I was the fifth, but I think I'm the fifth. Eddie's signature is on my certificate. So <laughs> that carries plenty, I think. I'm, and I'm, I'm on the sideline. So, yeah. um, all right. Tell me about your jujitsu journey. Did you just wake up one day and go, I'm going to go do that? Um, well, so I've always been, um, well, not always athletic. I've, I played sports for a long time. And um, so I, I've always been doing things. I like to run for a while and lift weights and that kind of thing. And um, about a few years into our marriage, Brandon, we thought that his blood pressure was high. And so I'm like, okay, well, we, you know, you're in this thing with me. You're, you promised forever. So you need to get on top of this thing. So we're going to figure out something that we can do together and we're going to work out together. And so he, he was like, all right, let's do MMA. And I was like, okay, <laughs> do it. <laughs> so I started calling around to a lot of local schools and asking if they had an MMA program. And we got in, in touch with a karate school in Decatur. And they were like, yeah, we have an MMA class, which was really, they would just get together and spar and kick the mess out of each other on Saturdays. So uh, Brandon loved it. <laughs> I was going to say, sounds like that might be what he was looking for. Right, right. And so we joined that school. So we really were ranking in karate there for a while. But the, the instructor um, was really kind of ahead of his time. You know, a lot of people don't like outside influences in their gym, but he incorporated Japanese jujitsu into his curriculum. And so we really got interested in the groundwork because, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the leads that come into the gym will be from karate schools and stuff like that, but they don't have a very well-rounded game. They have a lot of stand-up and stuff, but they don't have any of the groundwork. So he was really forward-thinking at that time to incorporate that. And um, so once we got our black belts in Tong Sudo Karate, then we just started we were like, well, we just, you know, we're done with the forms and the beautiful artsy side of karate. Let's dig into this combat section of groundwork. And so in 2010, Brandon started 10th Planet Decatur. And we, this, this is our third location that we're in now. Um, but it kind of just snowballed from there and just started growing. And now we have 170 students um, but yeah, like it was kind of a tough, tough journey for me. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm 140 pounds and, uh, you know, I, so I'm small on the mat and I, I felt like I had something to prove, you know, like at, at the beginning in the early days, we would roll with everyone. It really didn't matter like your size or your belt rank or anything like that. You just, no, you're gonna roll with everyone in the room. And so, um, that kind of got me discouraged for a little while. I didn't roll for a while, but Brandon kept encouraging me. And, you know, if you would just roll a little bit more, you could get a blue belt. And I was like, a blue, are you kidding? I mean, I was just thinking I was going to be a white belt forever. And so when he started showing like, oh, well, you know, you're getting good, you could progress. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like I can go through the, I don't know. I guess in my mind, I was just like, I'm just gonna be a white belt forever. And I just wanted to take away the, you know, the information and that kind of stuff, but okay, you see potential in me. All right, let's start, um, you know, I'll kick it up a little bit. 
And so he would really do that like at every every progression right before I would get ranked again, he would give me like this little task and be like, all right, I think you're doing great. You know, I just really want to see you working on your aggression. Like, can you finish the kills and stuff like that? And, and so I would, I would have a task to work on for a while and that would keep me busy and not thinking about getting a rank or something like that. And then, you know, he would be like, Oh, here's your purple belt or whatever. And so, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely, um it wasn't something that I enjoyed doing every day we it was funny we had a guy come in the other day and he was like I just hate groundwork I just hate groundwork and I'm like you coming into a jujitsu school telling telling us that you hate the ground stuff but I was like I didn't love it either you know and I would I remember driving to class and just my stomach was so knotted up and I was just so nervous because I would just get killed all the time. All the time. <laughs> so, oh, but I that's knew. a depressing way to get out there and be healthy. <laughs> well, but I knew it was something that I needed mm-hmm. and, but it was something that um, I was definitely going to have to work for. And so it wasn't, it, it was, it wasn't a pleasant journey, but I kept doing it until I loved it. Yeah. So I, I wanted to be able to walk out of Walmart and walk to my kids or walk to my car with my kids and feel like I could take care of things if I needed to, you know, I just yeah. didn't want to walk around scared and I didn't want my daughter to have to feel scared. You know, I'm like, here, let me give you this thing that you can do and you can practice and you can perfect and, and you don't have to be scared either. And so I really thought that it was um, important for our kids to see both of their parents be black belts. Like not just dad is a black belt, but mom and dad are both black belts. Oh, mom can do it. Oh, well, you know, well, of course I can do it too. So it was definitely a a weird journey. (laughs) Yeah, I I can see that because the roles that you're taking on are you go in at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Brandon's progressing and you're not progressing as quickly, but you're still progressing. Mm-hmm. And so you've got the goals, but what's, and now Brandon coaches you, is that hard to take on the mat? Is it like, how do you, def, how do you put the line between, all right, he's coach mode or he's spouse. How do you not go home and go, I am really mad at you. <laughs> And then well, want to take him on the mat at home. And we've had, had we've had couples before that have just been like, I just can't train with him. I just can't train with her, you know? Yeah. Um, but I really saw how much work Brandon put forth into it. And when he's not actually on the mat teaching or coaching or rolling, then he's studying and he's reading and he's listening to podcasts. And it's, it's a continual, like, I just, all the jujitsu information that can possibly go in, uh, he's trying to absorb all of it. And I wasn't like that. I, I, I wanted it to be my workout. I wanted, I'm getting better at self-defense, but I'm not completely immersed in it all the time like he is. And so I saw the difference in the intensity that we had. And I'm like, okay, well, he's been intently like, studying this and practicing this for years now and I'm kind of a I'll go twice a week I'll go three times a week kind of person so he reached a level in my mind where the respect for him being Mm -hmm. an instructor and my coach it was just 
of course he's he knows more than I do because he's putting more effort into it than right. I am. And so I just recognize that. And now I won't say that there haven't been some times where I've been like snippy, you know, because <laughs> that happens too. You? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he'll he'll tell me something. I'm like, I'm doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, there definitely have been those times. But um, for the most part, uh, he's usually right. Like when I take his tips and I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Should have been doing that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. But then you in your own right have come and and you are out there doing some seminars and, and instructing. And from what I hear, when you're instructing, um, it's it's very it's very mathematical. It's very break it down step by step. And there is a right and there is a wrong and it equals at the end and when. So um, talk to me about your experiences as when you're looking at, at uh, the coaching aspect or doing seminars and kind of imparting some of your knowledge there. Um, So in my education classes, there was um, a technique where it's um, so, and, and this is the way that I learn best is I want, I need a teacher. So it's hard for me to learn online watching videos that kind of thing like I need some I need somebody to be in the room with me so this is kind of the way that I teach because it's the way that I understand and so I want someone to show me how to do something so all the details that you can give me all right show me how to do it and then while I'm doing it I want you to watch me and make sure that I'm doing it correctly so like while I'm teaching I you know, I'm trying to be like, all right, left hand, right hand, left foot, right foot. Like this is where all the parts go. And um, this is where my pressure is, you know, that and give them all the details. And then after I've given them details, I'll walk around and I'll correct any mistakes, answer any questions. And then I just let them go. Like you just let me practice it. So it's uh we do you do I do or something like that I can't remember exactly what it's called but like I need I need the structure present the information help me with it and then let me go like let me just practice it on my own so that's kind of how how I pick up new skills and how I learn the best and so that's just how I how I teach it is it intimidating to teach when you know you might be teaching somebody that just is in the top of their game and went in all kinds of competitions and then you look up and they're in your seminar I do get intimidated when other black belts are at my seminar yeah <laughs> so, um, but the game is so vast and um, so many people are different at different parts of it mm-hmm. and so like um, so at the Costa Rica trip uh, you know I had several black belts sitting on the mat learning from me but their games are so different from mine. And so I just, I think in my head, you know, they could at least pick up one thing from, from what I've been doing. Cause I mean, I've been doing this 15 years, so I, I've, I've got something good to impart. So, yeah. you know, in my mind, I was kind of like pump myself up, like they'll get something from it. You know, if they just get one thing, you know, off of what I said, then it's, then it's all worth it. So, yeah, but you know, cause black belt's kind of, critique you a little bit harder than anybody else would yeah but you've all walked a journey of of some 
depth to get where you are. So I, I like when you were talking about your kids of both mom and dad are black belts. Um, but do you, as far as the sport, are they involved in it or are they sidelined or, or they, what's their feeling? They used to be very involved in it. Um, so we started them both at the karate school that we started at. We started them both um, at around three years old. And I just wanted, like, you know, I wanted to start them in anything to get them moving. So, mm-hmm. you know, gym, it could have been gymnastics or anything, but they, they started out in martial arts at three years old. And so they've been working through, you know, we, we eventually put them in just jujitsu. Um, but now my son is about to be 17 and my daughter's about to be 14. And so they've pretty much, my son probably quit about a year or two ago. And um, my daughter is just taking class like every once in a while. But I really feel like they gained a whole lot of information and enough information, enough skills to be able to protect themselves. And it gives them a freedom to be whoever they want to be. So, you know, if they, my son likes video games and Star Wars and all things nerdy but it doesn't matter. He can be the biggest nerd that he wants to be because he can walk around with confidence knowing that he can take care of himself if something happens. So that's all I really wanted. And I didn't want to force them to continue taking it and make them hate it. So they may come back to it. They may not, you know, I just, I wanted them to be able to defend themselves. So I think, well, how do you, you've accomplished that. So how do you, a an entrepreneur business owner can get completely sucked by their business and and so you've got a balanced business family um you don't have normal you know eight to five or you know I'm home when the kids get home or or maybe you do have that flexibility but but I know that you're on the road a lot at the gym a lot so how do you balance that within the family and them not grow to just absolutely hate the gym and the word (laughs) jujitsu well they so my daughter can't drive yet so she she more than my son um is stuck at the gym a lot but with him driving now it does make it a lot easier because he can come pick her up and and that kind of thing she doesn't have to spend so much time at the gym but um we have a great staff here so if i ever like when my son's i told you my son's car broke down at the end of the street yeah um so we have a great staff here i can just be like hey i gotta go pick up my son his car broke down and they'll take care of everything while I'm gone. And so we've really got it set up to where everybody knows all the roles. And so people can fill in for you when you've got to go do something else. But um, a lot of times they go to school, I'll do a lot of work in the afternoon. I, if I'm not home when they get home, I'm there shortly after. So I, we do have that time in the afternoon right after they get uh, right after they get out of school. And then I will have to go back to the gym. My daughter does help teach some of the kids classes. So she's got a little job. She's got some responsibility, some little money coming in. Um, so she does do that with me. And then my son will pick her up and take her back home so she can work on homework. And then, I, you know, I'll usually finish up a little bit of stuff here and then I'll be right after them. So it's not, 
it's not a whole, it is a lot of flip-flopping and, you know, you drive her here and I'll drive yeah, her. Yeah. But, and Brandon's great about helping out whenever he needs to. And there's so many people here that can teach his class and he can go do something that I need him to do. So it's really flexible. And we just have so many people here that are willing to help and step up. It's, it's a really awesome community that we have going on. I think that's something I see and you can definitely see it when y'all are putting on an event um, that, um, that it is family oriented. It's, it's kind of a, a community that's pretty tight knit and, you know, you know, I guess you could come in and be a part without having to divulge your whole life, but yet at the same time, it seems like they all do kind of work together and what do you need and what do you need and, and kind of bring it all together. Yeah. And we really try to, and I just think about places that I go into, like, just for example, um, I was going to a CrossFit gym for like a year and I just think about like um, me going in there, never have having been there before and like what would I want to experience when I walk into a new place like that and I'm brand new I have no idea what's going on and you know I just try to put myself in that that kind of mindset about these people that first walk in the door and you know we we try to learn their names and so I take role every class and so I'm trying to learn their names when they come in I'm like hey so and so and when they leave I'm like I'll see you later so and so like we say their names a lot and you know I'll try to friend them on Facebook and see oh I just saw that you guys got back from the beach how did that go you know and just find something in their lives that is like you know that they've got going on besides jujitsu and just show them hey I know what's going on and I care and you know, oh, I just saw you just had twins. Whoa, what in the world, you know, and just let them talk about things and and show them that I'm interested in them. So. So uh, some of that guidance counselor uh, technique and skill comes out in you of, of seeing a person, a whole person, not just yeah, one. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Because I, I want them to feel comfortable here. Like if they ever had a problem, something went wrong at the gym and they needed to let me know, like. Or I needed to talk to them about uh, your bill got, you know, it didn't go through. You know, I don't want that to be my first point of contact. The first time we have a conversation, right. oh, yeah. well, your bill didn't get through or, you, you know, yeah. so I, I, I try to avoid that. <laughs> I want yeah. it to be like, have an open communication before we talk about like negative things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, my past experiences have definitely led me to be a lot better at this job. So Lindsay, what would you say that your um, family mantra might be and, and your value system? What, where does it come from? Were you raised like you are currently on the path to, or, or what, what about that aspect of your life? Um, so I had a really good relationship with my dad growing up and we were really super close. Um, and he, he had some expectations for me, like I had to go to college. Um, you know, I had to have a certain kind of degree that would make money. You know, I couldn't go get a just a regular arts degree or whatever. Like it had to be something that I was going to be able to take care of myself. Um, so he really was leading me, I think, into independence. And so that was really one of the things that I saw in um in his parenting it's like all right I'm gonna set Lindsay up with the best tools and she'll be able to take care of herself one day 
And so I am super independent kind of person. Brandon calls me Hercules sometimes. Like he would come home and the entire house would be rearranged because I wanted to do it all by myself. And so, I, you know, all the furniture was in a different place. And so, um, I'm really woman. Just, <laughs> I'm really trying, yeah, I'm really trying to do that with my kids. Just um, I want to I want to set them up with the skills that they need to be able to be independent one day. And, I, you know, jujitsu is self-defense is one way. Logan working at the school um, and having a little job, you know, and and I'll tell her sometimes she'll want to go buy something. I'm like, do you have any money? You know, we, we can't buy things without money. She's like, you buy it for me. I'm like, no, that's why you got a job. And just um, thinking about things like that, just I want my kids to to have seen and experience, you know, a lot of different opportunities and a lot of different problems before they get out on their own. But I want them to be able to fully be prepared to take care of themselves and be independent. So yeah. my, my son right now has got a, a job at Zaxby's <laughs> so I, it made me so proud just him having a little job you know while he's still in high school um, do you go and order while he's working and well he's only been there, there. Weeks, so I haven't yet I'm kind of trying to let him get like, <laughs> find his own like you know, niche and then we'll yeah. go back to family and then go get some Zaxby's uh, yeah go sit there yeah be that customer yeah that that demanding customer <laughs> yeah no. be, i i, I kind of can see brandon doing that to him but. so when we're talking about values i mean have you had any really boulders in the middle of the road that you've had to to navigate around or that they just you just keep running into constantly through throughout life is there just something that is is that thing that you constantly have to work on um, the, well, I'll, I'll talk about it. Like the thing that I keep running to, like in jujitsu specifically is I, as a woman in jujitsu, I can never really tell like where I am. We talked about like the hierarchy earlier. Mm -hmm. I can never really tell like where I am actually, because it's, we do have some women that train with us. Um, we actually have a good number compared to a lot of uh, a lot of the jujitsu schools. Um, but again, with time on the mat, rank, age, weight class, it's hard to know like where where I actually am and how good I actually am. It's, that's kind of a weird. I don't know. It, I guess if you don't do jujitsu, you don't really know because. I know the guys go easier on me than they do with each other. And, and I want them to, because I don't want to get injured. Um, but it's just hard to translate that into reality. Like, okay, you're taking it easy on me because you don't want to use all your muscle, but then how good am I, you know? And so it's, it's, it's really weird. Uh, and it messes with my, my confidence sometimes because then sometimes the guys will go a little harder and then I'm like oh okay so let's let's see how this goes yeah <laughs> um and then you know you have to kind of reevaluate and then some days you get tapped with the same thing like three times in a row and you're just like what in the world like why am I doing this to myself why am I on the mat you know putting my body into these situations and you know my confidence kind of takes a hit but then um, 
I'll go somewhere else. I'll go to a different mat space or I'll roll with a new person. And then I go, okay, I am good, you know? And, and so sometimes it just takes you getting out of like your comfort zone, your home gym and going in and practicing somewhere else, you know, somewhere they don't know your game or somewhere where they do have females, your size, or, you know, even males, your size. Um, but yeah, that definitely has been an issue for me just going, um, you know, I'm about to be 42 and I'm still on the mats trying to do 10 rounds with these 20 year olds and, (laughs) and then, you know, like, I don't know how I, how good I actually am. And so, yeah, just, it, it kind of messes with your, with your confidence a little bit and you start to doubt yourself and, but, you know, usually it's a new day and you go, Oh, I love it. That's why I do it. You know, yeah, just getting better and I'm getting stronger and I'm, I'm learning something new. And so that's, I don't know, that's what I like about life is just trying new adventures and, and uh, just being better than I was yesterday. So, well, my kids tell me that jujitsu spills into every aspect of your life, and so it just makes you better in every area. But if you have struggles, do those struggles pop up in other areas too? So, you know, confidence in other areas. Do you sometimes? kind of wonder like in child rearing or in the kitchen or um just in general do you do you find that yeah and I mean just because I mean I think that it works in the opposite way too I mean when you have like something going on with your kids and you're worried about them then you know kind of on the matter in practice that could bleed in and you know take your concentration away so yeah I think the opposite works you know when you're not as confident in in the thing that you've kind of devoted your life to I mean now that I've quit education and I'm training all the time and and uh, working up here all the time so yeah when I'm not as confident about my training then I you know, I'll, I may be more snappy with Brandon or not as patient with my kids or, or that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And just a hit to your confidence can, yeah, it, it's going to hit your confidence and, and all the things. So yeah, you start going, well, maybe I can do this thing better being a mom or, you know, maybe I'm, you know, not handling my finances like I should or that kind of thing. So yeah, I definitely think that it can bleed over. Yeah, it it allows for questioning, mainly because I think you're a little bit more in tune to a confidence level. And I mean, there is there is a level of measurement every time you engage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't all of us don't have that. You can kind of slide under a radar for a little while because there's not something so visual of somebody choking you or, you know, putting you in an arm bar and you have to respond. Yeah, but I agree. I mean, jujitsu will take, take some of the stressors away. I think, you know, it puts things in a different perspective, like so-and-so tried to choke me three times today. And now I'm standing in line behind these people at the grocery store, you know, like, 
it'll be okay. You can just be patient, you know, for a little while. Longer. I don't know what it is at the grocery store, but you're like the third person that has said, I stand in the grocery store line and think I could beat you up. <laughs> I'm thinking y'all better be sure you don't like abs- accidentally speak those words out loud. Oh, man. Walmart is the worst. I feel like <laughs> every time I go in there, somebody is standing in front of exactly what I need in every aisle. <laughs> it's, it's definitely uh, trying to prove my patience. Yeah. Walk it out, Lindsay, walk it out. <laughs> well, um, so what would you tell yourself as a both a teenager and then as a, a young young adult what what kind of advice what would you warn um so like just life advice yeah just life advice um I don't know I think I would tell myself that I at that point like as a teenager and a young adult like um that I'm, that I'm stronger than, than I think I am and that I can, I can deal with a lot of things that I didn't think that I could and that uh, I can accomplish a lot of things that I didn't think that I could. And um, just now I, I've been working on my confidence and, and just trying to think about myself in, in a different light and, in light of all the things that I have accomplished and just, just to tell myself that there's not any reason for all the self-doubt and the, you know, and I, I think teenage girls trying to figure out who they are and their place in the world and that kind of thing. And just relax. It'll all work out. Just continue being you and work hard at whatever it is you want to put your hands on and just give it your best and just be confident in your work ethic and it'll all work out. You know, I, I did, I had a lot of self-doubt as a teenager and just, I didn't know where I was going and I didn't even really know myself very much. And I think as a 40 year old woman, I start to figure out who I am and what I like and what I'll put up with and what I want, you know? And uh, I think that being able to like give myself a little bit of that as a teenager and like in my early 20s you know I, I think that would have been very valuable just yeah I can hear it exactly where you're supposed to be and you're going to do amazing things and you're really going to like yourself you know so that's but, pretty good yeah, that well. that's an admirable goal for for all of us um and it's funny in life you have so many restarts and as a teenager I'm not so sure I realized that, you know, I thought that that one thing was it. And then you hit these different plateaus in life and, and you can kind of do a makeover every decade or, or so. I mean, depending on which choices were in the last one, but. Um, yeah. And if you spend any time with Brandon, there's always something new coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A new scheme coming around the corner, you know? And so like, that's gotta be exhausting. Oh no. Cause I just show up like, <laughs> He does, he does all his, his crazy scheming. And I was like, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And I'll just show up and, you know, do that thing. So like, I don't have a lot of the work on the back end. He's yeah. doing all that busting his butt, but, um, yeah. yeah, but I'm, I'm going through that with my, my teenage son. He really doesn't know 
a direction that he wants to go and like he he kind of thinks that oh well whatever I choose that's what I'm stuck with for the rest of my life and I'm like that's not true I mean I have a math degree and I'm running a jujitsu school my husband has a, a bible degree and he's running an online school I mean like online jujitsu school and doing seminars and doing yeah. commentary for jujitsu like no I mean it and I think there are actually few people who are working in the degree that they actually have. So. Oh, I think you're hundred percent right. Tom took um, Becca to a, a meeting where it was all CEOs sitting at the table and they went around the table to see how many of them were in the industry that they started out in. And there were, uh, there may have been one. Yeah. And, um, and so it's like, see, I mean, they land in a whole different place. Um, just by basically work ethic is what you um, right. referred if, to if earlier. You want to change your path. It's going to take some work, yeah. but it's absolutely doable. You know, I mean, you can do whatever you where whatever it is you want to do. You can do that. You're just going to have to put forth the work, yeah. you know, in your free time. Um, until yeah. Free time's gone. <laughs> right. Until your side thing becomes your main thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brandon is a fantastic example of that. He just remade himself. He, he continues to remake himself all the time. That's funny. You never know what you're going to wind up with. You just know you're going to have. It'll be fun. Some, yeah. <laughs> the ride's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, so you do a lot of commentary um, in the PGF. And then you're also on, on the podcast that you guys have around the mat. And um, I mean, you're, you're talking a lot all the time. And, and especially with PGF, you have to be entertaining, knowledgeable, um, know who is out there and what their skills are and, and be able to, to talk. Is that hard? It's, it's hard for me. I'm not as good. Like Matt Scaff is good at the play by play. He can talk to forever. Um, I, my role is more like, let's do sponsor reads. Let's look at the chat and engage with the chat. Um, let's talk about, uh, any kind of news upcoming. So I'm kind of more like the, um, and if you ever watch any, uh, like UFC, there's different kinds of commentators. So, um, we, we each have our different role, but yeah, if I was put into Scaff's role where I was trying to do, um, play-by-play commentary I would definitely not be as good in in that role but yeah I mean I feel like this season I felt a lot more comfortable um and so yeah first season I was just like yeah I'll just do whatever you you know I told you whenever Brandon comes up with something new I'm just like yeah I'll do whatever you need me to do (laughs) he took me at this desk with a microphone and I was like okay (laughs) you know we'll see how this goes so um and now I was comfortable there because I knew Scaff could talk through anything. And so I really didn't have to say much. He was going to take all the slack. Uh, so that was good. Um, and then we, you know, we have a rapport anyway. And so throughout the three seasons, it's just kind of like, oh, I'm just sitting here with my buddy, you know, just hanging out. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it just became a lot of fun. And then Brandon and I, our podcast, we just, we're just hanging out, you know, and we're just talking. Yeah. That's just what we talk about when we're sitting around being goofy. And so it, those cases, it's like, I'm looking at a camera, but I can't really see people, 
you know, so it's like, well, there's just no, nobody there. I'm just talking to this camera. Right. <laughs> so in my right. mind, um, you not talking to hundreds of people. So yeah. Yeah. Well, well and that it's there forever and it gets shared and it yeah. gets you know, cut up. So, so how, how do you get a rapport? You, you do, you have such a rapport with both, you know, those in the gym and then, you and Brandon have a rapport that just seems completely genuine. Like, like I'd get the same thing if I came and just sat on your couch and y'all didn't know I was there as I get watching you. Am I, is, is that intentional or is that real? No, it's definitely, it's, um, well, it's intentional and it's real. Like we intentionally real. Yeah. We, um, when he wanted to start a podcast again, he really didn't want to, he knew it was something that was going to be good for his brand, but he, he was afraid that he wasn't going to have the consistency that he needed um, to do it every week. And so he was like, well, Lindsay, I know that if, if you're part of it, then you're going to be consistent and want to do it every week. And so I was like, okay, well, we'll do it together. And just, one of Brandon's big goals in the gym, and I don't know if you ever saw uh, Not the BMAC show, um, but it was kind of something that he did in before the PGF started. But yeah. he would just go around and um, we would record us doing other things besides jujitsu. And so he was really trying to get all of the staff members' stories told. And so, like, you don't want to just hear about Brandon you want to see what Keelan's doing and you want to see what Scaff's doing today and you want to see what Lindsay's doing and and so um he was really trying to put the whole 10th planet Decatur um on the internet and telling all of our stories and so that's part of what the Brandon and Lindsay have a podcast now that's the name of our podcast (laughs) um is just he and I just sitting around talking to and we'll have guests on and do interviews yeah but really he and I just sitting around talking and just so you would know as a visitor like when you come into the gym that's this is what you're going to see you're going to see Brandon and Lindsay talking and being goofy and you're going to see you know Scaff and Lindsay rolling around on the mat and you're going to see Keelan running the camera and and so he kind of wanted it to be just you know like this is life at 10th Planet Decatur and so yeah that was that was kind of the premise is just all right, Lindsay, you just show up and we're just going to talk. Okay, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it makes you a little bit vulnerable, doesn't it? Yeah, but then when you, I don't go back and I don't read comments and stuff like that. Like, I know my voice. I'm just a Southern flower, you know, (laughs) like there's no getting around that I'm from Alabama. And so uh, I I don't want to like go back and reread all these comments or anything like that. And we, we actually do a whole lot of um, joking around with each other. We make fun of each other and stuff in the gym. And so if you don't really have a thick skin at 10th Planet Decatur, then you, you probably don't need to be a part of the like inner circle where we just joke on each other all the time. And um, so, you know, I don't, it does leave me vulnerable, but I know things about myself now and I'm okay with those kind of things. So like, if you make fun of something, I'll just be like, what in the world, you know, or just like, come on. (laughs) So it really doesn't bother me as much as it, as it used to. So yeah, just kind of like, here's me, take it or leave it. 
I'm old. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> so if you could change anything in, in um, personal and professional life, what would you change? Or would you change anything? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that I actually, okay, here's something that I would change is that the past two years, so I, I usually row on a dragon boat. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like, a yeah, big, I do. A big canoe. And so, we yeah, have, I didn't know you did that, but that's, yeah, that's impressive. We have um, 20 paddlers and then we have uh, a steerer in the back and a drummer in the front. It sets the, the rhythm for our, st- our, our paddle. And so for the past two years, it's gotten canceled because of COVID. Yeah. And, um, so I, there's a possibility that it might happen this year, but I'm trying not to get too excited about it. But I need I need a hobby besides jujitsu, and I need because um, dragon boat was my thing that I did where like nobody knows about jujitsu and nobody knows Brandon, and this this is Lindsay's thing, you know, and yeah. so um, that that has been my kind of escape, you know. Uh, once a year, I'll get to do that but it got canceled for the past two years. So now I'm trying to think of just something else I can do. My dad has actually talked about maybe taking a pencil drawing class or something like that. And so I got to find a hobby. So (laughs) I don't know when you'll have time, but I mean, dragon boat, that's, that's not something you just get to jump in the boat and be, you know, be there for that day. There's some, Oh yeah. We practice practice and training. Yeah. So that definitely gets um, intense before the race is I'm trying to still do jujitsu and I'm adding these dragon boat practices and yeah, so it can kind of get intense. So I need a hobby that actually is not physical, like it's drawing or learning to cook, or I thought about um, starting to do some like target shooting or something. I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but that's the one thing I would change is throw axes. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we have an axe throwing um, place uh, downtown in Prattville where I am, yes. and um, and actually uh, when Becca and Seth get married, the groomsmen before they go to their lunch are going to an axe throwing, and oh. um, Tori was a little jealous because she thought that the girls ought to go do that too. Yeah. So I know, I know. Oh yeah. Super fun. We had one of our students, um, didn't own it, but ran one of the locations. And so, yeah, we went and threw some axes down at his spot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be interested to hear what kind of uh, hobby you come up with. And, um, so is the dragon boat, that is a festival that's there in Decatur that they do. Yeah. So we, uh, there's actually several races, um, all over yeah. the country so there's a company that will rent out their boats yeah and um, so like if you were interested in practicing beforehand you can rent a boat um but we decatur uses it as a fundraiser for the hospital and so there's all kinds of teams that will get together and and participate so yeah i mean like the coca-cola company and then like a lot of the gyms will get together and have a team some of the high schools will have a team and so it's really cool in that you know thousands of people get together on the race day and so yeah Yeah. that's why i had to cancel it yeah yeah we have one in montgomery uh at the alabama Mm -hmm. river 
And yeah. um, so I remember, I remember seeing that. Well, um, we have kind of been all over the place. Is there something in particular that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure we do? Mm, no, I don't think so. Um, uh, might be okay. So next year, Brandon, I don't know the exact dates though. So we last year we went to Costa Rica with Stephen Aiken and Isaac and Becca. And um, so Stephen still got that same trip going on probably in October, but Brandon has actually been invited to do um, it's not in the same city, but he's doing a Costa Rica trip um, for hero retreats. And um, I believe that it's in April, but I'm it is sure. in April. And so um, that's really the only thing that I've got coming up this year. And Brandon's going to have a lot of commentary gigs. And so hopefully if there's any places that are super cool, I know Eddie's thinking about going to like Russia and like all these places. So we'll see how, you know, how the world's opened up and yeah. Um, I'm able to go to those places. I'm there for sure. I love getting to travel and seeing the world um, and getting to do jujitsu and really cool places. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what this year is going to bring and hoping, hopefully everything's going to start opening back up. Did you think that when you left your teaching and guidance counseling, that, that you would wind up being able to travel and and teach something that you became so passionate about did, did that ever cross in your mind of hey maybe no I mean I'm never uh I mean while I was teaching really the only opportunity that you would have is I actually did go to Costa Rica um with the Spanish National Honor Society because I was friends with the Spanish teacher and she needed a, <laughs> a counselor to go or a chaperone to go mm -hmm. and so uh I did get that opportunity to travel um but you know like if I wanted to go teach English someplace um they would have allowed me to go to any like foreign land and, and help teach English um, so that would have been a travel opportunity, but that would have been a long-term, like, you know, okay, you're staying yeah, there for I'm moving. a year. Um, and, you know, you might not want to commit to that, but yeah, I mean, jujitsu has taken me all kinds of places, England, Ireland, Costa Rica, Mexico. I mean, yeah. So it's far outreached what I thought was even possible for us. You know, it's, it's weird that we have, um, in this month we have been training for 15 years and so oh. it's weird though we'll, we'll walk into a place and I'll be like there's the McCatherines and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like they know who we are that's so weird and people will stop Brandon in Walmart and be like are you Brandon McCatherine and that's just so weird I'm like we come from really really small towns in Alabama and no I never thought that I would be like this world traveler um you know headlining seminars in different countries and no, yeah. I'm completely flattered and humbled at those experiences for sure well I think it's awesome and um and it's it's interesting I mean you you've got all of that but y'all are also you and Brandon both are just so humble that that it's easy to to make a connection so I appreciate what you're doing in the community um if you had a superpower and you only had it for 24 hours and you can use it professionally personally 
what would you choose? How would you use it? And maybe why would you choose it? Okay, so um, this this question gets asked a lot in my house because uh, we are superhero kind of people. So we like Marvel, we like DC as well. Um, so my superpower would be to be able to watch something and recreate it. So like I can watch you do something one time and then I got it, like I got it stored here. And so I would, I, <laughs> I would spend that 24 hours watching jujitsu instructionals and, um, you know, building up my arsenal as fast as I could, you know, just inputting things. Um, just, it usually takes me a while. And, and any, anybody that's good at anything, you know, that you need reps, you need repetition. Yeah. Things. And so, you know, it takes time to acquire those skills, but man, if I could just watch, just watch. That's awesome. Literally that would be awesome. And just like, I can do, I can do it every time, just like I want to. Yeah. You know, when you talk about that and that's a fantastic superpower, when you talk about that, I can't help but think about Becca. She would sit there and watch um, card games and then she would jump in after she'd watched for a while Mm -hmm. and just annihilate the people. And um, I mean, they, they grew up going to a, um, they were Baptist and went into Baptist church camps and, and they learned to play ice and all and poker and, and yeah. Becca did it by watching. And then she's translated that to the gym and sitting down beside the, the mat and taking notes or the, as soon as she finishes, whatever, writing it down and, mm-hmm. um, and then doing the reps. So, yeah, I could see somebody wanting that superpower. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that, and that's part of how I learn. I need to watch it. But yeah, I mean, if I could just watch it once. That would, that would be yeah. Awesome. Just speed up my process a lot. And but, you know, then there's part of uh, there's beauty in the struggle as well, you know, because do you really yeah. have it unless you struggled over it, you know? So well, that's a good t-shirt. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, struggle makes us, I, I was reading something the other day and it's like, we run from conflict, but really conflict is good if you face it because you're breaking something down that if you didn't have any kind of um, process of having to break something down, you really don't get it or fix it or change it. Absolutely. So, well, well, this has been outstanding. How do people get in touch with you, Lindsay? Um, on Instagram, I'm Lindsay McCatherine at Lindsay McCatherine. And uh, so no space in between, just at Lindsay McCatherine. And then on Facebook, I'm Lindsay Jones McCatherine. So yeah, either one of those. I, I haven't been posting a whole lot. Like I'll put stuff on my stories, but I usually just um, kind of just scroll through my feed, try to keep track of uh, the students and what's going on in their lives and that kind of stuff. But yeah. I try not to be huge on social media, just... I'm already out there, like in Brandon stuff. (laughs) You're out there. Yeah. yeah, There's really no need for me to put myself out there too. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been great. And I thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Had a blast.
Find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it, from family to philosophy to work to meal prep to beautifully surviving life. And hey, if I could ask a big favor of you, go to iTunes and give us a five rating. The more people who rate us, the more we get this podcast out there. Thanks. I appreciate it. Get loud.